This is Remote Ruby. Have you any remote ideas to the meaning of the word? Father Chris. Hello world. Hello. What's going on? How was old Rails Hackathon, my guy? It was good. We had some great submissions. It, as usual, there's like maybe a quarter or a third of the teams actually submit something at the end of the weekend, but we had 37 submissions and they were all phenomenal. And we announced the winners yesterday. I was going to do that Wednesday and then it got pushed to Thursday and then I was going to do a live stream and we haven't done that. We are hopefully going to do that today, but I don't know. Jackson's sick with pneumonia, so he's been at home with fevers and just wants to be in your arms the whole week. So same. Uh, been enjoying that, but he's not been enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. sick kids always put a damper on everything. It's rough, but for being sick, he's pretty happy. He started crawling this past weekend. So now I rush ordered some baby gates for <laughs> the stairways and stuff. And yes. They got here and they weren't wide enough. And so, you know, hopefully we'll have those today. But for now, drug stuff towards where he would crawl towards the stairs. So he just can't get through the baskets of blankets or whatever. And so we'll just put him in his little prison for now. Baby getting's the worst. I hate it. Especially when they learn how to open it. At that point, it's useless. Right. You might as well take him down at that point. It's like, yeah. for the most part, as long as he doesn't go towards the stairs and stuff, then it's fine for the most part. We've got all these drawers, so we've got those drawer locks to install now and whatever. You have, but, you have no small amount of drawers either, so that'll be like a oh, yeah. several it's, week project. Yeah, it's all drawers everywhere because... There's drawers on the wall with the sink, and we have two islands. There's drawers on all sides of those, and then there's drawers on the stove and oven wall, and yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, jumping back to the Rails Hackathon, our winners this year were the Gem.sh project by the Awesome Docs team, which is modern documentation websites. Super looking forward to where they take this, because I know that They're going to keep working on it post the hackathon and stuff. So I think they're going to be tackling some pretty tough problems and stuff, trying to figure out like in general, how do you build something that sort of functions a little bit more like API doc, but like a modern version of that where you can see like this gem has changed and these things have moved around and yada, yada, yada. So there's a whole ton of interesting things that they're working on with that. And it's a massive project, but it won our judge's favorite award. The best solo project was Rails Duels by the Lazy Lambda team, which was a single person, Mohammed, and he built this really sweet little quiz game that you play against somebody else. So it like finds another player on the site and then matches you up in real time and all that's done with like turbo stuff and it's cool. And then you go through and you like race to answer these questions. So you say like, what does the has many attribute do specifies a one to many relationship? What is scaffolding in rails? And you answer these questions and compete against other players. It's fun. It's a really cool little game and an impressive thing to build alone 
over 48 hours. So we were impressed with that. And the community favorite award was the Locale Ninja project, which is a Git-based gem that you install directly in your Rails app that allows you to maintain your translations and you don't have to have a third-party service or any of that stuff. So generally, you're like uploading your YAML files to a service and then they're parsing that and looking for missing translations and whatever. And it's like all built in, which is awesome. I looked at that because I just did translations in job boardly. Yeah, it's a great idea. A similar one to that was uh, Ahoy Captain, which is like the sort of dashboard for analytics and stuff that you would get using a third-party service, but you can use the Ahoy gem. Shout out Andrew Kane. And so that one's pretty sweet. It's got a beautiful little UI and everything for seeing your traffic graph, unique visitors and all that, bounce rates, views per visit, everything like that. But you can also see your top sources, your top pages, countries, devices, and even set up goals and like funnels like you would with a analytics tool, but all built in, which is sweet. So yeah, if you've ever used like plausible analytics, this is basically the Homegrown, built-in, open-source UI for that, built on top of Ahoy, which is cool. Yeah, that one's really cool. I use, I started using Ahoy recently. And it's such a good, it's such a Ahoy's well-built, a, yeah, library. Like everything Andrew Kane does, but like it comes with the front-end analytics stuff. I think it uses like beacons and stuff, things that I'm just not even aware of. It's so good. I know you can wire it up to Blazor and stuff for doing it other like deep dive into things. There's a bunch of other cool AI projects this year. That was the big popular topic, I feel like. And there was one to Ruby on Plane. It was a Rails engine that serves as an AI assistant for your Rails project. They say it's not just about organizing your code or managing your project structure, but about providing deeper, more meaningful context to your work in real time. So they're Basically building, let's see, it'll analyze your project on the go. It can instantly provide explanations and insights about various project aspects of your Rails project, effectively becoming an intelligent companion during your development process. So like an AI rubber duck, almost. And they have some documentation functionality in there too, which is cool. Some other popular ones on our leaderboard were first Ruby Quest, which is a project to help people like our beginner bounties project, like helping people find their first open source contributions that they can make. So you can post projects and other things and people can find a little work to do on there, which is awesome. Definitely a huge thing towards our theme this year, which was supporting the Ruby on Rails community. AI Quizverse was a great one. You would hop on there and it would AI generate quizzes for you about Rails or whatever. You can put in a topic and it would make a quiz out of that, which is fun. My project was on there, Signalman, which is like Laravel Telescope for Rails. So basically, I hook into the Rails instrumentation and create infinite loops and crash your Rails app. That's what I did all weekend. Perfect. As it turns out, if you're going to 
monitor SQL queries, and then you're going to create a database record uh, through active record. Then it triggers another monitor of an insert, which triggers another insert and another monitor. And then you just end up doing that forever and ever until your stack blows up. So I had a lot of fun little things this weekend, you know, that basically saying like, skip any schema loads, any transaction things, because if you monitor any of those like SQL events and then try and save a record of that with active record, it triggers that infinite loop funness. And then it'll record like any jobs that were queued up and run any requests and emails that are sent out and other things. And then my favorite feature was building the I wanted to do this forever, but it was so easy. I thought it was going to be harder than it was, but a web UI for building your generators and scaffolds. So you can just like give it a name and click a button to add a field. And then you type in the field name and choose from a select box, your string, integer, float, JSON column, whatever it is. And then pretty soon we'll have belongs to and references and rich text and whatever else that the generators support. But you can like, if you're a beginner in Rails, you can like go through the UI and it can help you through that and explain what's going to happen and stuff instead of going to your command line and running Rails generate and then having to try to read the docs and the command line and stuff. We'll be able to build like a super friendly UI for you. But yeah, that was a fun project to work on this weekend. It's one that's been on my to-do list for about 10 years now and glad to finally have that shipped. It's definitely not like super complete, but the foundations are all there, which is what I wanted. So one more project Laravel can't be ahead of us in. You said how many teams were there were? 111 teams. The numbers have changed slightly. There was 217 participants. It says 216 now. So I don't know if somebody deleted their account, but 216 and 111 teams. And then I think we got 37 teams to submit an entry. So it was about similar turnout to last year or whatever, where a lot of the teams will sign up and drop out. But what was fun this year is we took more of a, a lot of people wanted to participate, but didn't have a team to work with and didn't really want to work on their own. So we just started being like, Hey, who needs a team? And just assigning people, which is like a great way to make random friends and meet people. So we had a lot of people that were like met, total strangers hacked on a rails project for 48 hours and became good friends afterwards and stuff. So it's great to be able to integrate the community better like that. We had a lot of fun with that. So I think we're going to try and do that even further ahead of time next year. So you can be like, Hey, my team has an open spot. If you're like a team that just, if it was just us and we only wanted to work with each other, we wouldn't flag our team. But if you wanted to, we had an open space and we didn't care if it was a stranger you'll be able to flag your team as open spots. And then when somebody says, hey, I need a team, we'll go assign you to one of those teams for next year so that maybe two months ahead of time, you guys can be planning what you're going to work on or whatever and get to know each other, divide up sort of your tasks and be prepared for the weekend. Because you can kind of tell like what teams were very organized and ready to go. Like Marco's team working on Gemdiash, I felt like they accomplished a heck of a lot in the weekend, just like they did last year. But I think they're dividing and conquering and doing a really good job of that. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And they're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. He tweeted a day or two after the hackathon on some 3x speed improvement on parsing something just by memoizing some variable. So, yeah. And I'm sure they'll end up doing some like caching or saving the content for the gem documentation in a database or something. So it's super performant eventually. But I think for now, the the main thing is like figuring out how to do the parsing. So you don't want to do caching until you know what you're doing. Oh, hi, Andrea. Hello. Sorry. (laughs) Since the moment I arrived at this keyboard and now (laughs) I've gotten severely tilted by some code. It's cool. I'm good. I was looking at gem.sh. That looks super cool. Yeah. They won our judge's favorite award this year. Well-deserved. Nice. I think it has big potential. It could be like a successor to Ruby Toolbox that hasn't received a lot of love, I don't think, in a few years. Yeah, it's kind of like a goal of doing that plus like API doc style things. Just doing everything documentation as best they can for everything, which is very, very big challenge, but they're a good team to work on that stuff. Yeah. So it went well, I guess. Yeah, super well. Cool. Whether that was just a fraction of the ones that were submitted, like Active Mermaid is super cool. It will generate UML diagrams for your active record stuff. And oh, nice. That was just a, a solo person working on that the weekend. That I know they got very good rankings from the judges. Didn't win the judges' favorite, but it was super, super high up there and... I mean, the quality of stuff that everybody submitted this year was phenomenal. We're very impressed. We're planning on our next Rails hackathon, probably for next year, but we may end up doing one in the spring and one in the fall or something. Two of them, so in case you couldn't make it once a year, then we can still have another hackathon for you. Have you started thinking about your theme for the next one? Not really, but if anybody has any suggestions, this year's theme was Marco suggested supporting the Ruby on Rails community as our theme, and I think he nailed it with that one, which is great. And our first year's was Hotwire. So if anybody has any suggestions for another theme like that, please send it my way. Andrew, give him ideas. Ready, go. Yeah, no. For what? Our hackathon? Sorry. There's <laughs> space now. something happening that I'm going to cry and bitch about to Jason later. Oh no, I gotta go. No, you don't have to go. I'm just getting angry. Okay, what were we building? What were we doing? Were hackathon ideas? Yeah, the theme for next year. Mm -hmm. So we might be swayed by some magical new features dropped at Rails World, so... Like Strata. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) like an iOS, or maybe not even iOS, just like web-themed, especially now that like web apps are coming to iOS or macOS Sonora. I don't know, that could be interesting to look into web apps and all that kind of stuff. I've definitely built websites get me excited. I've built a few in my life. Websites get me excited, Chris Oliver. (laughs) You remind me to put that on a shirt later. (laughs) Uh, Only fans. I forgot. Think serious reminding you right now. Well, Mm. now it responds to just its name, not just hey name. I forgot about that. I also would be really interested to see like a hackathon where you can use anything but Rails to build a web app with Ruby. Mm. Ooh, that's a cool thing. That's a good one. 
Yeah. Because I'll slap down a rack file and just call it a day. But like Sinatra, Hanami, like there's all sorts of like ecosystems out there, people doing stuff. So I feel yeah. like you might get some really creative submissions from that. Yeah, I like that. Or just a Ruby focus one or other things like that. You need to do like, interested in AI, You can only do a C extension. Oh, Rust. <laughs> Nobody submits anything. <laughs> like we're still debugging memory leaks. I don't think we've talked about just not speaking at Rails World on here, have we? Yeah, we were waiting until it was officially published on the Rails World website. And now we are, which is pretty dope. I'm excited about it. How are you feeling? You nervous uh, about nah, not at making all. sure you're ready? I love Andrew. I'm, <laughs> I'm always nervous. My slot's like the last one. So, so you get to... the enjoyment of sitting there nervously for two days. Mine follows up Aaron Patterson, so I got to make sure I include some memes in mine. I had that really good find. Did you see that tweet that I posted that little snippet from one of the Tom Scott videos? He's talking about trades, but the guy says rails. America doesn't appreciate rails like they used to and whatever. (laughs) I had like paused the video and resumed it a little while later, right at that spot. And I was like, what the hell is this video talking about? (laughs) I was like, this is such a perfect clip. So we'll have to include that in the show notes for anybody that wants to see that. It was too perfect. A lot of really good technical talks lined up for old Rails world. Mine's not technical talk, but there's a lot of really good ones. That was sort of the goal is... As far as I know, like trying to make sure that there was heavy technical talks. I have to assume that Rails 7.1 is coming out around that time. Maybe they're just, I don't know. It sounded like it was close to being released at RailsConf, but I'm sure there was some bug fixes and other like things that needed to get done before it could actually be released. So I wonder if they're kind of like, at this point, it's only a couple months away let's just wait until then and release it then fingers crossed we'll see but strata is getting released then so who knows i think that's obviously a good announcement if rails world is the one that announces the new version of rails that's my guess strata is for sure coming in seven one or when seven one releases no strata is getting released at rails world but i'm assuming that rails seven one is probably going to come out around that time it only makes sense. That's even more hype for uh, Rails World, but we'll see. Don't hold me to that, but that's my hunch. That's my guess. But Strata was mentioned on the issues of Hotwire somewhere that it's coming out, Rails World. And the first talk or whatever after the keynote is on Strata. So, And Strata, for anybody that doesn't know, is basically the Turbo Native Bridge from talking between the web JavaScript embed to your iOS and Android code. So it's not like going to be life-changing. You can already do that, but it will provide structure to that. So you'll have an organized way of doing that as opposed to right now, you can send a message back and forth and include some data or whatever. And it's like free form open to you to do whatever, which is what we've done in the Jumpstart Pro Rails and iOS in Android templates, everybody's kind of hoping that like Strata is some magical missing piece. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a nice piece of the puzzle that will really make this feel 
more complete, but it does not stop you from doing any of this stuff at all. So it'll be a nice upgrade when that comes out. But if you've been waiting, thinking that you need to wait for that until it comes out, you don't. Just want to throw that out there because every time I see people asking about Strata, it's like they think it's a thing that's impossible to do currently without it. And that is absolutely not the case. You can you can absolutely build native apps that can talk back and forth to your JavaScript in the browser, vice versa, today. When you say native app, you mean with Swift, right? Turbo native. Yeah. <clears throat> so Turbo native is Swift or Kotlin on Android, and those can inject JavaScript to be ex- executed in the web view. And then the web view can also call the navigator's thing to basically send a message to your Swift code or your Kotlin code to say like load Google Maps or whatever. Load the settings page that's native instead of doing something in the web view and being stuck only in there. So you can communicate back and forth. Monitoring like web development and lots of other things can be complicated. There are tons of tools and techniques, but you just want to know that your app is up and that your customers are happy. When your customers encounter a problem, you need clear, actionable intelligence, not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. And that's why the team at HoneyBadger built HoneyBadger, the monitoring tool that they always wanted, a tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't, so that you can keep shipping. Know when critical errors occur and which customers are affected, respond instantly when your systems go down, improve the health of your systems over time, and fix problems before your customers can report them. HoneyBadger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Start monitoring today at HoneyBadger.io. And best of all, HoneyBadger is free for small teams, and setup takes as little as five minutes. Once again, that's HoneyBadger.io. I just want to make sure before I say something, what you're talking about building is like basically an embedded web page of your app. It's not a native app per se, but but it's... It is. So how Turbo Native works is it is a native app. And you, for example, the Jumpstart Pro iOS and Android apps are native apps. They have a tab bar with web views for each of the tabs. And those are embedding like a hybrid app that your Rails application goes on each of those tabs in the web views. So then if you click on like the settings link, we can intercept that because in the web view, every link that you click goes and gets fed through your Swift app. And then the Swift app can say, yep, cool, continue on in the web view. Or it can say, hey, hold on, instead of going there, why don't we open up the native settings page? And that's exactly how like when you click on a Twitter link and it's, hey, why don't we, instead of opening up Twitter in your embedded web view, why don't we just go open the Twitter native app and go directly to that profile you clicked on? So you have that same control over that in your apps. And that's how Basecamp and Hey and any of their other, whatever their future app they're working on is. That's how all of them work. So when you open up Basecamp and you like go to a page on there like settings and it looks very native compared to the main homepage that is like the web view embedded kind of responsively. That's the interception stuff. So there's all kinds of cool stuff you can do with it. You can do like native OAuth. So if you've got Facebook or whatever 
on your phone, you can jump to the app and authenticate there instead of going to the website version for OAuth inside your web view. You have genuinely a native app to build all your UI and everything else. But the default core experience is it's a web view and it's just embedding your website. But you can then break out and progressively enhance your embedded responsive mobile app or your mobile website into an actual app as you need to or want to. Does that make sense? Yes. All I want to say is that I'm sure y'all know because y'all have probably seen them too. Like sometimes you download an app and you realize very quickly, like this isn't like a Swift UI app. For instance, this is like basically what you're explaining. This is going to a server, it's returning a web page. And there's some parts that's native, there's some parts that's not. And all I want to say is that doing a really poor job of creating that literally negates the reason. Like it, it is better to not have an app at all than to have an insanely shitty app, right? You can install a PWA on your iPhone home screen. So if you're just putting your website into iOS, I feel like that's a waste of time. And also, it's not a good experience. Yeah. I mean, it's still early days because they've never really quite shipped the complete thing ever for the community to even use. Right. But I mean, this is like a... React Native had the same thing too. It's no matter what, whenever you're playing with one of these things, it's, oh yeah, we'll make it so you don't have to write as much native code. You're giving up a lot when you do that. So The React Native abstraction layer on top of stuff was a nightmare to work with. The nice part about the Hotwire Turbo Native things is that it is actually native and you're not an abstraction layer in there. So eventually you will probably want to go replace all of your mobile app or whatever. But if you just need to ship something that is in the app store and has your basic functionality, you can do that in a day and then you can add... Basically, things where if you got Google Maps JavaScript embedded on your website, you don't really want that experience on mobile. So you can go and make a native version of that page and improve that. And that is the trouble, though. Like, I believe you can do a PWA, but you would kind of expect your mobile apps to be like fully functional all the time. And in general, I guess we always pretty much have internet connections, but not always. Or that's basically the thing is if I've got an email client and I need to search an email, but I'm not online, as long as it's cached like the last page of emails, I could at least go reference something recent without having internet access. So it's a matter of building like the service workers out and other stuff to enhance the like native experience. If you are going to do the hybrid approach like this, it is definitely a lot of trade-offs and a lot of decisions. And I think that's something that like most Rails developers don't even think about at all because it's such a different experience to build a mobile app than it is to build a, a web app. So many different decisions, navigation's totally different to think about, all kinds of little nuances here and there. So yeah, I'll be curious to see what all comes with Strata. But I think we really just need more people building stuff with Turbo Native and having more contributions to it and whatever, because there's no infrastructure. There's no active record, action text, active storage. It's just, here's the bare framework. Good luck. 
And Strata is going to hopefully make that a little bit faster or easier. Be the first piece of the puzzle that is on top of it. But hey, like, like you said, here, here's the problem. You're on your own. In the time that they that Strata has been coming soon, and I'm like, I want to build a web app. I want to build a mobile app. And that was like a few years ago <laughs> at this point. Now I've actually just started learning Swift UI and I'm like, yeah, I'll just write this in Swift UI. Now I don't need the Rails app. Right. And you can totally do that if you've got the backends and stuff for that. It's totally, again... I haven't forayed that deep into it, so... Depends on how much time you've got. If you're like, I got a Rails app and client asked me for a mobile app. You could do the mobile app in a day with Turbo Native and then over time improve it and you know day. do it. You can easily do it in a day. It's really not that bad. Especially with we've pre-integrated all the authentication stuff. So like what the one tricky thing with authentication is you've got to be logged in with cookies in the web views, but you also need like an API token for any native code like Swift or Kotlin that needs to make an API request. So for like authentication, you want to be able to send a request to the API, but then it needs to give you a token and a cookie back so that you can log it in the views. But yeah, it is something that is probably one of the least touched pieces of Hotwire and framework in general, maybe other than tricks, source subject. Tricks are for kids. That's why but, no one's there to work on it. Yeah. We'll see what happens with all this, but I'm looking forward to seeing at least Strata being officially released and then hopefully more people are working on that stuff and improving sure. it and whatever. I think there's a lot of like good stuff that can come out of that, but without Strata being released and everybody feels like it's incomplete, so why would I right. touch it yet? It does not help the adoption of it at all. And so fingers crossed this will be like hey, everybody, let's go check this out and whatever. So excited to see what comes out of that and any other cool stuff going on. But yeah, yeah. looks like it, the Rails world, getting back to that, the Rails world agenda looks packed with a bunch of awesome talks. Maybe we can leave a comment for the juniors working on the site, but it would be great to be able to see in more of a table format, which talks are at the same time because there's two tracks. took me a second to read through and see, oh, these are both at 11. So I have to pick between these two talks. But there's two tracks. I think most talks are like 30 minutes long. Some are like 40 minutes, 45 maybe. There's a lot of good stuff there. Can't wait. I've never been to Amsterdam either. So that'll be fun. I was good when we started, but now I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm going to miss out. Uh-huh. I've got FOMO over here, dude. Well, come on over. We can sneak you onto the island for dinner. Come on over, Jason. he said, like it was across the road. Yeah. Across the pond, technically. Yeah. Jason, you booked us an excellent dinner, it sounds like. Yeah, I just got real hyped when Amanda was like, oh, I should go eat here. I'm really good at listening to people's suggestions about what to do because I'm really bad at figuring stuff out on my own so it's a abandoned well it's not abandoned but it's an old fort island that's been converted into a restaurant thing all i heard is haunted well it's cool it looks like european pirates dude like a big glass building it's like glass onion yeah it looks like it'll be fun like a boat ride back i think the boat comes right by the hotel so 
be convenient. Six course meal on an island, glass building. You're missing out. Andrew just, just book your the ticket. There was a Buzzsprout is doing a podcast sponsorship. I saw this in perspective. So I think they're trying to get some podcasts to record at Rails World, which I think is cool. This might be my excuse to finally buy the MV7 mic that you've got because I'm not schlepping all my XLR crap with me. I'll ship you mine. You can borrow it. But I don't know if they're just doing a room or they're going to have any recording equipment. I'm not sure, but I I submitted in hopes that maybe Andrew had his way into the conference. Yeah. Dangerous. It's okay. I'm going to submit for the other, for Ruby for All too. (laughs) That's fine. Which we are literally on Monday starting to record that again. So I'll be back soon. Are you treating them as seasons? I am now. Yeah. That's good. Because we took a break over the summer, which ended up working out great for both of us. So, so yeah. that's good. I think we have experienced the grind of doing this every week for however many years now. And it is sure nice to have a break sometimes, but it's nice for us to have three hosts so that one of us can go have a break and we can right. still keep going. And that's been super nice. So I appreciate you. I all. show up burnt out. <laughs> And I feel better after Aren't these we calls. All? <laughs> yeah, this not. is our therapy. So, I was playing last night. Somebody on Twitter from Stripe announced that they have embedded Stripe checkout now. So I was like, please, please and thank you because the payment element and address element and other nonsense is not very intuitive or easy to work with or anything really. So I got that working last night with some minor tweaks to pay and it works beautifully it's literally just an embedded version of the stripe checkout ui which is cool does it work with connected accounts because i wanted to try it out in job boardly i'd assume so because it is stripe checkout like the same interface like you use a special version of their api and their javascript and enable ui mode and set that to embedded and so that's going to be another flag on the checkout session so for me it was just like Hey, you're already creating a checkout session. Just set the embedded option on there. And it's, as far as I can tell, every single thing that the regular Stripe checkout supports, that's it. And they have an on success callback or whatever. So you just listen to that and then you would redirect them with Turbo or whatever you want to do post checkout. So super easy. I emailed them like right after they posted on Twitter and lady got back to me and was like, boom, you're in. And here's the docs and it just works. There's no uh, dark mode theme yet. So that's one thing I think they're still in beta for, but it'll calculate the price and stuff on the side or at the top if it's constrained to like a mobile size. So you get all your promo codes, your automatic tax, address collection, everything you get in checkout. Just built into your website. So you don't have to do squat now, which is great. And Peter Levels, I know, was the one that like requested this on Twitter, but they now have a setting to disallow multiple subscriptions per customer. So if you're building something like GoRails and you only want a single subscription per customer, you just turn that on and it will raise an error if they already are subscribed to something, which is excellent. So you don't have to worry about any of the, oh, my UI somehow a user whittled their way into double subscription or they like click the subscribe button twice or whatever. Those things are handled for you now, which is sweet. 
excited to see some of that stuff. I also got into the Workbench beta, which is cool. It's kind of like a developer toolbar thing that you can use to like see all their different events and objects and stuff as if you were like poking through the API. So like on the Stripe dashboard, you see like the friendly version of most things, but you don't see all of the flags and everything that you would get from the API. So you can actually see that in context now, which is sick. So any developers integrating with Stripe and I'm sure for Connect, it's extra. I don't think they have Connect support for the Workbench yet. When you're like, did I make this charge or subscription request with the right connected account ID? You'll be able to see all that in context and everything and should make your life debugging and stuff a lot easier. Because I know in the past I've been like, I'll pull up a customer in the dashboard but then also pull up the customer or the subscription in the Rails console and then be poking around like whatever settings back down there. And now you can just do it on the web, which is sweet. They have like their docs, the conversion to be like, here's the curl request for the same object or the Ruby SDK or whatever. So it's pretty ace. Looks great. Wish they had that eight years ago. Fine. Well, gentlemen, call it a week. It, it has been a week. <laughs>